Hey everybody! So this episode I go into three constructive tips that I've learned from my years of research and my just natural curiosity to learn and listen to every single thing possible on every podcast I can find. Three constructive tips for how to keep a verbal altercation fair with your significant other. And they can go a long way. It's three really easy things. If you've had some nasty fights in the past, or if you fight and it doesn't do anything, you don't seem to get resolutions from it, you need to listen to this. All right. In fact, everyone should listen to it because it doesn't matter who you're fighting with. If your goal is to find a solution, this is the way to do it. All right. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. It has been a while since I have been able to record an episode of Teaching Moms Podcast. Welcome back to everybody, whoever listens. So glad to have you. That was not my best introduction. Totally should record it. This shit happens. All right, friends. So as I've mentioned before, in all of my free time in life, well, not even free time, while I'm doing anything that requires not interacting with people, I'm listening to podcasts. I love learning. I love it. If I could be a professional student and be able to pay for my existence as a mother and a person, (laughs) um, I would continue to stay in school. I would have no desire to go into a career if I can continue learning new things all the time. And I love a plethora of topics. I mean, I'm a history teacher by trade, an English teacher, but like, I just love everything. I love it all. So part of the things I bring to you in this podcast are things that I've learned through my exploration into the world of constant inquiry. And so one of the things that I've learned through my podcast lessons is really some awesome guidelines to how to fight properly. Now, I don't mean like fist fighting, okay? Now what I'm talking about. Um, if you want to learn how to fist fight properly, probably the wrong podcast. I mean, there's probably something out there for you. I, You know I love podcasts, so go search something. I guarantee you there's something out there for that. However, I'm talking about like verbal altercations with your significant other. They suck, but they're real and they happen. And so if they're going to happen you might as well have some guidelines around it to make it a better experience. Yes, I just said a better experience fighting with your significant other. So there's three that I have learned are super important and I'm going to drop the knowledge so you guys are in on this, okay? Number one, stay on topic. Stay on the current topic more specifically. Okay, so what does that mean? How many times have you been in an argument with your significant other and it started over something really small, right? So I'm just going to say dishes, for example. It's not an issue in my house, but let's just say dishes, okay? Because it's been, I know, I've had that struggle. It used to be an issue for a long time, right? So um, let's say you get home from work and your significant other, whoever they may be, comes home from work and, uh, you know, maybe you thought they would do the dishes, after you made dinner the night before or something like that, or after they made dinner the night before, who knows? Either way, let's just focus on the problem at hand. So you're pissed off, they get a sink full of dishes. 
Well, the argument might start something like, why do you seem upset? Well, why didn't you do the dishes? Like I, we've talked about this before. So I woke up this morning and there's a sink full of dirty dishes and I didn't feel like doing them because it's supposed to be, you know, your job or whatever, or I do them all the time. Why don't you ever fucking do them? Right. <laughs> okay. So that's how the argument starts possibly. However, sometimes it looks like, um, well, you know, it starts with the dishes and then all of a sudden it travels back in time. And within 10 minutes, you're talking about, well, you never stood up for me when your mom said this to me at your cousin's wedding and you are just bringing it all. Like you are resurrecting every past issue, right? That's not what you want to do when you're having a fight about something or whatever, you know, an altercation, a verbal argument about something, you want to keep it on topic. And more importantly, you want to keep it current. All right. Because if you also bring up the dishes from every part of life, you know, so you got together in college, you never did the dishes at our house in college either. You know, (laughs) just stay current, stay current and stay on topic because it happens so often that people start an argument about something And then they end up going way back and bringing up shit that's completely irrelevant. And that's the stuff that can ruin relationships. There should be like this golden rule. And I I do firmly believe it. Okay. And now listen, I'm not perfect. I don't follow all these things. I'm just telling you what I've learned. I didn't say that I do these things. (laughs) All right. But at least they can inform our decisions. Um, So I think there should be a golden rule. If you don't say something about something that happened within a two week time period, right? That gives you plenty of time to think if it's really important enough to bring up, do you really want to fight about it? How are you going to handle it? Maybe you talk to your friends, maybe you talk to your family and then you make a decision, which way you're going to go. Am I going to bring it up? Or are we going to fight this out? Or am I just going to suck it up and we're going to move on? Okay. There should be like a two week window. If you don't say shit about something after two weeks, you should never be allowed to bring it up again because you have accepted as an adult not to say anything about it. So you can't accept not to say something about something and then two years later explode over it. That's not cool. That is not cool. If it bothered you, bring it the fuck up. We are not teenagers. Okay. We are adults. I know some of us act like teenagers, but we are adults. If something bothers you, communicate it to your partner. How are they supposed to know? Ladies, this isn't just us. Men do this too. We can't read each other's minds. If something happened at a family event or if something happened with one of the kids or stepkids two years ago and my significant other didn't say anything about it, I'm assuming life was good. How am I supposed to correct that behavior if nobody said anything about it? And now we're fighting about dishes and some major shit comes up and now I'm even more pissed because why didn't you just say something then? Why the fuck have you been sitting on this for two years, right? Or even if it's been two months. If you don't say anything after two weeks, which I think is generous, it should be like a week, but let's say two weeks, then you need to accept as an adult that you should no longer have the right to bring it up because if it bothered you that much, you should have communicated it within a time period that would have been realistic to talk it over. Right. And if it was something major, maybe you need two weeks to like, let it settle a little bit. Let tempers calm down. Right. If you don't do anything about it in two weeks, if you don't communicate to your partner that it's bothering you, then you let that shit go. That is the deal you make with yourself as an adult. Kids don't know how to do that. Teenagers don't know how to do that. Adults, we should know how to do that. 
So I'm going to combine that with rule number one. So staying on topic and staying curtain. That was supposed to be current, not curtain. (laughs) Somehow window dressings came out of my mouth. Um, If we decide within a two week period that we're not going to communicate to our partner that something really bothered us or try to work through it and address it and come up with a solution, okay, then you're done. You don't have a right to bring it up anymore. You swallowed that shit that did not sound good. I totally should have thought of another metaphor. <laughs> okay, so you you own it, okay? That's yours. You can't bring it up. That's not fair. That's no longer on the table. You decided that it wasn't worth bringing up at the time. Therefore, you lose all rights to bring that up. It's just not fair to do to somebody. Don't do it. It's not cool. Start acting like an adult. If it bothers you that much, you should have brought it up. Okay, that's number one. Number two, keep it clean, kids. Keep it clean. Name calling is not okay. I don't care how much you hate the person in the moment. Now, this is all relative, right? I mean, let's just let's just know that this is all relative. Like, if you found out that your partner has like been cheating on you for the last six months, then I don't know. I feel like name calling is appropriate. That's just me. But I'm just saying, in general, (laughs) in general, if we're talking about normal altercations that we get in just in married life or being with somebody for a long time. This is the normal shit. Okay. I'm not talking about anything crazy here, even though it always seems crazy in the moment, doesn't it? Don't call names. Don't, don't be that person. And I'll tell you why, because nasty fighters are killing the relationship. If you're with somebody who gets nasty when you fight and they start calling you names, oh no, Oh no. Like that is not okay ever because you can't unforget those things. The things that you say to people, you can't take back. Once that shit leaves your mouth, it is there forever in that person's memory. And they have every right to remind you of it if it upset them. Okay. So, you know, I've known some people who will say some really nasty things to their partner. Like I would never say it to anybody's face and they'll say it to the person that they're with, which of course, you know, is the old adage that you, you know, you push the people that you know are always going to stay around. But guess what? Mm, that's not really like a guarantee. Okay. <laughs> if you call me, see you next Tuesday while we're fighting. Oh, oh no, no, no. Like I am, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I am out at that moment. Absolutely. And then I'll think about if I'm coming back and for how long that's going to be. But You can't go there. You cannot call your partner some nasty stuff. You can't do it. And if you can't control yourself, then again, I challenge you to act like an adult, not a kid. Keep it clean. Now, here's a trick that might help you. If you, if you just really want to say you're such an asshole. Okay. All right. Maybe that feels really good. (laughs) You're in a fight. It's different. It really is different. If you say you're acting like an asshole right now, right? That is a little bit different than you're an asshole because it's like right now, this is how you're acting. Like, I don't think that you're an asshole all the time. Obviously I want to spend my life with you or I'm with you or we're dating or whatever. Okay. We're living together, whatever the case may be right now. You're acting like an asshole or right now you're acting really immature and just keep it in the right now. And not that they are, right? Don't label them. And 
again, with staying on topic, don't take a characteristic and then apply it to every other area of their life. This is also a horrible thing. So this looks something like, um, you know, you're, you're so forgetful. You forget everything. You're so fucking forgetful and you know, you're so inconsiderate and that's why you didn't get that promotion at your job because they realize that too. Like, don't go, don't, oh, oh, that's not cool. Like, if you think that the person is acting, say, you're acting really immature right now, you're acting like a jerk right now, or, you know, gentlemen, you're acting like a bitch right now, I guess, if that's something, <laughs> it's weird for me to go the other way with it. Um, keep it now and don't apply it to the other part of their lives. I've had this happen to me in fights before. Where it's been like, oh, you know, you, you this and that. Well, you know, why do you think that you don't get along with so-and-so in your family? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, why are you bringing up my family relationships into a fight about fucking dishes? That's not cool. That is not cool. Don't do it. That goes with staying on topic and staying current. But also, if you're going to say that somebody's acting a certain way or you're going to call them a name, keep it current. Okay? And really, just don't name call because that is so painful. It's painful and they won't forget it. Like if you just let something out because you're angry, you're not going to remember saying it. So here's something else that I've learned. During the fight or flight instinct, which usually is what happens when you're pushed to the state of emergency and you're fighting with somebody verbally, you don't really remember the details because you're kind of like in the shutdown fight or flight mode, right? So your body is like in the state of emergency. So that's why like if you actually get into a physical altercation with somebody, you may not remember all the details. All of a sudden it just like happens and it's over because your adrenaline just starts pumping and it's like do or die. And you kind of just go into autopilot. You're not really thinking. You're not like reacting to the actual current moment. You're just in it to like fight, right? (laughs) So the same thing goes with a verbal altercation. If you just start letting shit out and you are just ripping this person apart and you are screaming and you are furious, you may not remember. Not only will you not remember what you say to them, but you're not going to remember the details of the argument. And then if you do reconcile with each other, uh, you know, most of us like to be stubborn and be like, no, that's not what happened. No, you probably don't remember the details because you were yelling. And studies show that when you're getting to that heated of a place mentally, you're not remembering shit. You're just not. You, you've like, you're, you no longer care about events and reacting to things. You're just in that spot where you're heated and you're yelling. So you're not even going to remember the details of the fight, which means when you talk about it later, if your partner stayed calm, you're going to be the asshole because you're the one that doesn't remember shit. And you're going to say you try. Oh yeah, I know. That's not what happened. I remember. They're right. They're right. Staying calm is the most beautiful part of fighting. If you've been a fighter who's always been the loud one and the other person has stayed calm, I truly challenge you to be the person that stays calm. There is no reason for it to escalate into yelling. And I was not that person my whole life. I was the person that yelled. I have become the person that stays calm. And it is so much better. I'm so much more in control. I know what I'm saying. I'm reacting to it. And let's be honest. When the other person's screaming and shouting, I'm not saying this happens, but you know, if, if this is the case where one person's screaming and shouting and you're the person that's staying calm, it just feels better. Like you can just kind of like see it, like step back a little bit and see what's happening. And you're just like, damn, this, this person's losing their shit right now. Like, and I'm calm. 
Like I'm definitely doing the right thing right now. (laughs) And sometimes it even pisses them off even more because you're calm and they're so angry, right? Stay calm. Try that. But if you can't, do not name call. Don't say things that you're going to regret, you know, oh, you're a horrible parent, or you never cared about my family, or you never wanted to have kids, or whatever the fucking thing, whatever crazy shit you might throw out during a fight, don't say it, because you can never take it back. And I'm telling you, if you've been on the receiving end of a nasty fighter, you'll never forget it either. And you will wish that they didn't say it, because it will put distance between you guys that is impossible to make up. Even if you reconcile after the fight, that's something that you will always remember that this person said about you. And we tend to assume that in the heat of an argument, if somebody says something, that it's their honest feelings and they must have always thought that and they honestly think that. We never give them the benefit of the doubt like, oh, it just came out because they were upset. And it hurts. And it hurts bad. And every time you do that, just think, every time you take a low blow at somebody and you criticize their personality or you call them a name or you say something that's hurtful, even if you reconcile, you're just chipping piece by piece away from the pillar of your relationship. It's never going to be back the way it was, right? So imagine it just being like this ceramic plate. And every time you say something hurtful to somebody during an argument, you know, you just throw a rock at it, right? And it just gets a little crack or or a piece of the ceramic falls away. It will never go back to normal. Even if you could still use the plate, even if you guys are still together, it will never be as beautiful as it was because you said that shit. And believe me, if your partner says, oh, that's fine, you reconcile and like I take you back because I've been there, it doesn't mean that they'll forget it as they shouldn't, depending on what you say. That shit's hurtful. And eventually people are going to stop taking it. Or they're going to think so low of you. It's going to put such a distance between you guys emotionally. And I think I've talked in previous episodes how for women, everything's emotional, right? If we can't emotionally connect with our partner, we're done mentally. We are done. And, you know, typically women know they're done about three months at least before if it's a heterosexual relationship, the man knows they're done. And if we can't connect with you mentally because you've said shit that has hurt our feelings over and over again, you're on your way out, bud. I hate to tell you. And if you're not aware of it now, and you're a man listening to this podcast, you better change your ways because it may seem like you reconciled, but mm, mm mm-mm, no, you didn't. She's just waiting to see what her limit is, how much shit she's going to take until she calls it quits. Because, and you may find that, you know, they pull away from you. They're not the same. They're not as cute. They're not as cuddly. They're not as affectionate. Because they don't like you. (laughs) And you can't love somebody you don't like if you're a woman. You can't. Right? All right. So anyway, that's number two. Number three. Last rule for fighting clean or fighting successfully. All right. So this is a wonderful strategy that I've learned. When you fight with somebody, again verbally, um, and you use the pronoun you, it's really hard for somebody not to be defensive, right? Think about it from your perspective. If I'm fighting with somebody and they say, you didn't do this, you always do that, you make me feel like this, you are this, I'm defense mode 100%, 100%. Even if what they're saying is right and I agree with them because I recognize that I suck or I fucked up, 
I'm still really defensive because your first reaction is when somebody says you this, especially if you don't think they're right. Oh my gosh. You know, being falsely accused of something will like create some crazy, just like, you know, animalistic response. Like it's not okay. People have a really hard time when you say they did something and they didn't not responding. And that's another study that I've, I've uh, learned about actually. That's a good way for like in, in, interrogating people or or finding out the truth behind people's actions as you say they did something and usually people can't let it go if it's not true they won't admit to what they did but they will certainly defend what they didn't do (laughs) all right so anyway if you say you did this you did that you did that your partner's done they're turning off their mind they're in defense mode they're not listening to you they've already decided they hate you maybe they're starting to call you names and they could have been guilty of everything except for one thing And that's the only thing they'll stick with because they were incorrectly accused of doing something. And that's where our brain goes. So here's a better strategy. And when I learned about this, I was like, yes, this is brilliant. Of course, take the you out of it and make everything I statements. Okay. So now again, this isn't like how to verbally fight with somebody so that you can win. This is how you're actually going to be successful because as adults, sometimes our disagreements get heated. But the goal, hopefully, is that they are resolved and it's a successful heated discussion that ends with a solution or some type of closure. So this is the best way to do it. Instead of saying, you do this to me all the time, or you make me feel like I'm a piece of crap, or you make me feel like all I do is this. Instead of saying that, replace you with I. So now it sounds like this. I feel as if when you don't do the dishes that you expect me to do them. Okay. Or when you don't do the dishes, it makes me think that you don't care about helping me out. Or if the dishes are still in the sink, it means I feel like it's only my job. I don't realize that you plan to do them later. I immediately assume, and it makes me feel like it's supposed to be my chore. Okay. Now you're still saying you, of course, because it's kind of hard not to, but you're throwing an I in me and that's what you're focusing on. Right? So when you, uh, came home late last weekend, uh, no, that's, I'm kind of falling into the trap there. I felt like last weekend when you came home late, that, you know, I couldn't sleep. I was worried about you. And it made me feel like maybe you didn't care enough to let me know that you were going to be late. And I took that as a sign that you weren't thinking about me. All right. So again, you have to say you, obviously, but you don't want to just like start with, you didn't text me. You were late. You don't care explain from your perspective because that's what you're trying to say, right? Think about it. If you're trying to say to your spouse or your partner, you didn't do this and you don't care and you made me feel this way, what you're trying to say is, I felt really hurt. I couldn't sleep. I was up all night worrying about you. I got really concerned when you didn't respond to my text messages. And then when I woke up this morning and realized you came home, but you were late, it made me feel like you weren't thinking about me because I never got a text message. You know, that you weren't considering whether or not I was worried about you. Okay? Totally different. And you're actually communicating a lot better 
what the actual issue is instead of just saying, you didn't text me. Because what does that mean? <laughs> Why are you upset? Like, was there a time they were supposed to text you? Would you have, you know, like, were they supposed to text you when they'd be home or just like check in throughout the night? So try to be more centric around yourself so you can better explain to the person what you're feeling and why it bothers you instead of just telling them what they did wrong that nobody's going to respond to that if you just make a laundry list of everything that they fucked up nobody wants to hear the conversation but if it goes between what they did and how it made you feel and how you received it and what you thought about it then it's opening it up a little bit more for like fair conversation it doesn't feel so defensive to them so to wrap it up, you want to stay on topic, stay current, right? Don't bring up the dishes from college. Stay on topic, but also stay current. Don't get nasty. Keep it clean. Remember the things you say you can't take back. Because when you're yelling and you're heated, you'll also forget the things that you've said or you'll forget the details. And finally, try not to be so blaming with the pronoun you, 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 you. Try to infuse the I and the me, and it helps you explain better where you're coming from, but also it turns off that automatic defensive switch for the person that you're having an argument with. So those are the three tips for verbal altercations that I've learned, and I really think that they're worth passing on because nobody's perfect. I don't think I've ever you know, used all of these strategies successfully in one argument, but even if you just cherry pick some of them, like for me, I try to stay on topic and I say to myself, this really pissed me off, but you know what? That happened like four months ago and I didn't say anything. It's not fair for me to bring it up. It's dead in the water. I accepted it. I moved on. I'm not going to bring it up. And believe me, that takes a lot of maturity and a lot of living to be there. It takes a lot to get there. But the sooner you can do that, the happier relationship is going to be. Because ultimately the goal in any fight or argument should be to move on to a better place. If your goal is to hurt the person or to put more distance between you, then that's a different discussion. That's not an argument. You need to really talk to somebody who you trust and sort out what's going on in your head because it seems then that the intention is that you don't want to be with this person anymore. And then you got to ask yourself why you're still with them. And then you have to make a hard decision and it might be scary but talking from perspective of somebody who's made that hard decision more than once, it's a lot happier on the other side. If you're in an unhealthy relationship or you're with somebody that you really don't like or you feel like doesn't respect you and you just argue all the time and you're just going through the motions day to day, there is somebody who will make you happy. And that's a whole different episode. And if you have kids involved, that's hard too, but I've been there. So look, you deserve to be happy, and hopefully these tips will make you happier as a couple, whoever your significant other is. I will um, put these lists on my Pinterest page, and it's uh, Blissful Being is my Pinterest page. And also, um, you know, email me. As always, it's in the episode details. My email's right there, friends. Right there. Reiki Matus at Gmail. Don't know how to spell it? I didn't think so. Look at the episode notes. That's why it's there. <laughs> also, a link to my store, which includes, among other really pretty things that I make, life coaching, spiritual coaching, 
and Reiki certification courses, and of course, just Reiki sessions in general. Guided meditations, all the good things you need to fill your bucket. They're there, right? So if you like what you hear on these podcasts, for sure, sign up to be one of my clients. And we can have discussions like this weekly about you specifically. And it's not just me ranting. It's me listening and using actual strategies to help you. Like I have got a toolbox of strategies to help you, plus a shitload of life experience. So I'm not just talking out of nowhere. I've probably been in every situation you've been in in my life. I know it's crazy because I'm not that old, 37, depending on who you ask that's old. My kids think it's ancient, but I've been through some shit, my friends. All right. So check it out. That's blissfulbeing.store or you can go to blissfulbeing.guru to book the appointments and email me. Just reach out that way. Old fashioned. I'll get back to you specifically. All right, friends. Until next time, I'm out.